And we are live with the legend Greg Doucette, man. We got a great podcast coming for y'all. Let's get into it, baby. Let's go. It's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are All right, back. we are back. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Friendship Podcast, man. We're here at Greg Doucette, man. Uh, so I'm really hyped up for this interview. Quick announcement, guys. Rumble.com slash FreshFit. Go ahead and check us out over there. So, you know, if we get canceled off YouTube, you guys will know exactly where to find us. Uh, FreshFit.locals.com. And get the merch at Friendship Podcast Store and go subscribe to our other YouTube channel, Fresh Fit Clips. But without further ado, man, we got a legend in the house. <laughs> hey, Greg. So I'm happy to have you on the podcast, man. I know who you are. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience know who you are. But for those that may not know, can you introduce yourself to the people, please? Well, I'm basically a 47-year-old manlet, a five foot six, 180 pounds, uh, professional bodybuilder, powerlifter. I'm on YouTube, and I've recently turned into a cyclist. So I have a mixed bag of information. I also have a master's degree in kinesiology. I've been at this since I was 10 years old. Done 59 competitions, and so I'm ready to talk. Bam! Awesome, man. So, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, training and your background? Well, I started training at 10. I used to do triathlons. I was a physical education teacher. I taught a bunch of different subjects. I did that for about 11 years. And so no, I, I started a... training at 10. Hey, Mo. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and then uh, I, I have my master's in kinesiology. So I've been studying about the human body my whole life. And I, I did a lot of powerlifting, bodybuilding contests. Um, so I have a lot of experience practicing these things. I've coached thousands of athletes. I've been doing it my whole life. And so now I've transitioned more into doing cardio. But I still lift, weight, lift weights. I still add it three days a week is still staying in good shape and mm-hmm. so you know that's it that's all i've done 
And you got a, a bachelor's and a master's degree in kinesiology. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit and how it helps you as far as uh, coaching people? Well, if you don't have an education, then how do you know what you're talking about? So when I'm making videos, talking about things, I think back, okay, I have the education. I learned certain things, but then I was able to apply it on myself and on others, like in the real world, because a lot of times you read something, but then you apply it and you're like, that doesn't make sense. And so having that experience, personal experience, as long as well as the education and then coaching others, that's what gives me that well-rounded bit of information to help everyone. Bam. Nice. Fantastic. Um, so, you got an IPB Pro card back in 2012, man. Can you take us through uh, that, what the prep was like, uh, how long it took you? And, I mean, getting an IPB Pro card is extremely difficult, man. I think I had the longest journey anyone. I literally got my pro card on my 50th competition. So I'd started competing in grade 12, 50th competition. Mind you, I did 42 shows natural. And so I was on PDs. I wasn't natural when I turned pro. When I was natural, wasn't big enough. I was in the 170s. Got my pro card. It was about 195 pounds. Um, and the diet, I mean, it was always dieting. Like, literally. It felt like I feel like I've been on a diet my whole life. <laughs> Greg, I'm curious, man. So I have people that I know are going to competitions, right? And I'm just curious to know, how many people in those competitions are actually natural or natty, you think? At the nationals, like the show I did, yeah. probably no one, maybe one. I mean, mm. almost nobody. And the ones that are winning, nobody. Like, right. there's no way. I did. I competed at nationals in the lighter divisions, like when I was a lightweight and so on. I could win at that level. But, I mean, the weight classes are like 150 pounds. But mm -hmm. at the top level, the guys winning pro cards, like when you're five foot six, 195 pounds with 5% body fat, you're not natural. So right. almost, almost nobody. Okay. Got it. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, so when you – how long did you prep for that? And you said you had done 50 shows prior. Take us through that, man. And how long have you been training at that point? I started training at 10. I would have been, well, 2012, so 11 years ago. I would have been like 35, 36 years old. Um, I mean, how long did I train? Well, I did the provincial championships. Um, I remember I started my diet. I was 206 pounds. I was mm -hmm. off gear, and then I went on gear, and six weeks into my diet, I was still 206 pounds. And then I ended up uh, at the provincials in the heavyweight division, like around so 198. You maintain 206 pounds. I was dropping you know. fat and putting on muscle at the same time from going on cycle. And oh, so yeah. I made it to the stage. I was 198 pounds. I was heavyweight for the first time. And I won heavyweight and overall. And then I competed a week later, and I got beat by the lightweight in the <laughs> overall. Damn. And everyone's like, there's no way you're winning nationals. You can't even beat a lightweight. I'm like, watch me. I'm going to do it. And then so I just kept going, and I got even leaner. I showed up to the nationals like in the lower 190s, went on way more gear, like doubled everything up, added in trend. I went on as much of anything as I could handle and showed up and won the show and, and, and got my pro card. Greg, how much is it, is, is it mindset over, for example, like body composition? Because I feel like when it's the mindset where you're going to win, you win. First, when you just come in there with the body, it's like, okay, we're the body, but like, are you ready to win the show? Honestly, if you don't have like an obsessive personality, like you're not like addicted to success, there's no way you can compete in bodybuilding at that level. The diet, people don't understand how hard it is. Like most people, they're like, oh, I don't want a burger. I, I'm craving a burger and fries and they can't do it. They might die to like 10%. But I'm telling you, every percent leaner, it's 10 times harder. You get to 6%, yeah. you're shredded. You're not even close to ready. To get a pro card, you need to be mind-blowing shredded. And so everyone can do it. but 
do they want to or should they? Probably not. And so mm. I think what helped me is I had this obsessive personality to be the best at everything. Like I just put everything into everything I wanted to do, whether it was school or a job or anything. I always worked so hard. And so I took on bodybuilding as a huge challenge. I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's kind of like David Goggins. Like, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm about. I'm going to put everything into this. And it came out on top eventually after 50 times trying. Wow. And, you know, I think people kind of underestimate um, the difficulty it takes to get extremely lean. Once you're, you know, when you're at 10% body fat, you look pretty damn good. You know, you're on the beach, you're, your veins are popping, abs are showing, you look really good. But once you get to like, you know, sub 10%, you know, you're going from 7% to 6% to 5%, each one percentile is a significant increase in your dieting, uh, how you have to have things on point, etc. Can you talk about how, because I've said this before, typically the better you look, the worse you feel. You I can't express how horrible I felt dieting like to this level. Like essentially the last month, I can barely function as a human being. Like yeah. no matter how good your diet is, how much training you have, no matter how many drugs you're taking, and I was on all of them, I had to get my girlfriend sometimes to get me out of the bathtub. I couldn't drive some of myself to the gym sometimes. A shoulder check, I'm getting in car accidents. I crashed my car underground one time. I'm in a mess. Like I'm wrecked. That's how hard it is. And it's like, you just keep going. And the only reason I did this is because I was so good at it. I was so determined to reach that goal. It's kind of like climbing Mount Everest. Every step higher towards the top, it's that much harder. It's thin air. The bottom, it's easy. Halfway up, you're like, ah, it's not bad. But, man, when you're at the top, it's so hard. You can't live up there. And so you have to come back down the mountain. And that's why people are bulking and cutting as bodybuilders because you can't maintain 3 4 5% body fat year-round. You would just fall apart. I couldn't physically nor mentally handle that. So it is that hard, and I would argue harder than you think to be Absolutely. that lean. Um, I remember I bulked up one, uh, you know, all the way up to 250 for me, you know, that was fat. And then I got down, I wouldn't even, I'll say maybe not nine, 8% body fat, you know, obviously nowhere near going on stage, but you start to have libido issues. You start to get really tired. You start to get irritable. Everything pisses you off. Um, you know, you have very little energy to do anything outside of train. Um, and how long did that prep take you for the IFBB? How long did you prep for six months, eight months? Honestly, I was dieting the whole year because I competed in that provincial championship where I won. And then the next week I had the Atlantics. And then I was, I think, 12 weeks out from the Nationals. And so I just kept dieting. Like, I didn't diet as hard, but I was always single-digit body fat. I mean, I didn't have much energy the entire time. And then that last month, like, for me, when I'm at, like, 6%, it's like, from then on, it's like, I can't function. I can't do anything. I remember yeah. I did this, I did this natural back in the day. I was a school teacher. I'd have to show up. I could hardly keep my eyes open. I couldn't concentrate. You had to be nice. I'm a school teacher. I have kids all day long, so I had to hold it in. So you learned how to become more intrinsic with yourself. Like you're you hate the world. You don't feel good, but you have to yep. be nice, polite, smile to kids all day. And I'm like losing my mind. Like you want to say like shut up, but you can't. And so. It was hard, but I'm telling you, even with drugs, even with steroids, all that's all, everything in the world, it's still a nightmare. It's still absolutely nearly impossible to do. So two questions for you. Number one, what should an average guy that's natty that isn't trying to compete or step on stage be at as far as body fat percentage to look attractive? That's part one. And then part two, can you take us through 
um, gear usage and should guys consider it? Should they not give us the pros and cons? And you've been really transparent about gear usage, which I think why so many people love you. Some great questions. Hope I remember all of them. I'll start with the first one for yeah. just general fitness and health for men. It's 15% women add on 9%. There's essential yep. fat that women have to have. So uh, a woman at 15% is going to be shredded for men. 15% is going to look amazing. And I actually did a video on this. What met what body fat percentage do women prefer and anywhere from 10 to 15% percent for like 90 percent of women that's where they're going to like not many girls are going for that shredded single digit body fat they just don't like as much for, yeah. for general aesthetics 10 to 12 percent and for athletic performance that's usually where i try to get someone 15 percent just for general health like you're going to feel good you're going to look good anything lower than 15 it's not going to make you healthier or more like live longer but in general it's going to make you look a little bit better to the opposite sex depending on the person and so mm -hmm. i would recommend 15 percent body fat for these people I and so what's the next question and then the second question was um you're very transparent about gear usage and gear in general yeah um <clears throat> which i think is why so many people respect you you know we got a lot of fake natties running around and we'll talk about fake natties as well on your youtube channel here Facts. in a second um <laughs> but can you tell us a little bit about uh how prevalent gear usage is and why you chose to be so transparent about it. There's way more people on, I'll call it gear. I'll call it performance enhancing drugs than people think. And so for example, people will often ask steroids, steroids, more people are on SARMs than steroids and SARMs are selective androgen receptor modulators, which are banned, uh, banned performance enhancing drugs. Like they're, they're easier to get. They're often not used with a needle. And so people are more comfortable with that. And so mm -hmm. it's way more common than people think. I would say, probably one out of every four people that are at the gym that you see looking and walking around are on it. And oftentimes it's not the person that looks like me. They're actually, I'm only on 140 milligrams of test a week. I've been on HRT. I haven't done a cycle. I'm not doing peptides, nothing else for nearly four years now, but mostly people look at the biggest guy in the gym and think that person's on it, but they're not thinking about the people that are, for example, 30% body fat and have no muscle. And they just want to look average. They just want to be able to take their shirt off in the summer and just yeah. fit in and look average. Those people are on steroids. I know that because I sold it to them. Like I used to sell steroids. And so I knew that I was like, y'all think it's this, this, and this guy. And I'm obviously not telling anyone like who's doing, but most of the time it was average looking people that just wanted to fit in and be okay. And those are the ones that were doing it. Men and women. You know, you know, it's funny, man. So, uh, I'm in the gym now training a lot more as well. Right. And like my trainer's telling me, yo, bro, what's guys you see nowadays, especially that compete are using that stuff. And yeah. it's like, it's unfair because you can't really go in there naturally because once again, everyone's on it yeah everyone's on it um, yeah. now how long did you train naturally before you decided to go to the dark side i was in my 30s so we're talking over 20 years i'd done 42 shows natural before i did anything um i would go into natural contests and win without even i'm gonna i don't want to say i didn't have to try but it was excessively easy to win a drug tested contest because the level of physique was night and day and then when you enter a, an enhanced contest all of a sudden i'm just one of the normal guy like you go from really excelling in a drug-free event to being just average or below average whence you can do anything you want huge difference now what are the for for the audience that might not understand or know this world of performance enhancing drugs can you can we go over the main uh big ones that people typically use and how they work the main steroids that people take. Yeah. And, and cause you know, we're making jokes. Oh yeah. Trend and SARMs and Anavar and all this other stuff and testosterone. People might not know the difference. Can you give the people a quick little. As far as, as far as steroids go by yeah. far, like not even 
nothing even close. Like more people use this than every other thing put together. It would be testosterone. That's the basic yeah. male hormone. That's what I'm on right now. That's what my doctor prescribes. Everything else is basically a derivative of that. It's basically testosterone made in a different way to give you a different kind of look, um, just, just to keep things simple. And so most people are just using testosterone at various doses. However, there's orals. And so a lot of people are taking something like Anivar, which would be yeah. probably the most common drug for women, but it has yeah. a lot less side effects, a lot less water and bloating. And although it's more expensive, so a lot of people are taking Anivar. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people would take Anivar before they take an injectable because not everyone is comfortable injecting. So they don't yeah. want to do that. Um, something like D-Ball would be very cop- common, very popular, but it's going to make mm-hmm. you a lot more puffy, holding a lot of water. Something mm-hmm. like Trend, although everyone jokes about it, it's not used nearly as much. Maybe... 20% as much as, as actual testosterone. It's so much stronger, makes you feel horrible. It uh, gives you insomnia, just un, an uneasy feeling. Like you just don't feel good on it. Like every time I use trend, I couldn't wait for it to stop versus mm. if I'm using testosterone, I feel like Superman all the time. Trend, it makes you feel like shit, but you look great. So that's mm. the trade-off. Gotcha. Mm. What would your message be to anyone that's thinking about potentially going down the road of the dark side? The problem with it is once you've had a taste for it, it's very hard to stop because you're going to lose at least half the gains that you made while you're on it. You're not going to feel as good after you stop. Your your sex hormones go in the dump. I mean, that's on top of it. Is it legal in your country? Like in Canada, it's legal. I can actually use it. You can't get in trouble. Other countries, it may not be legal. But the downfall really is that addictive nature to feeling how you feel on it and so it's very hard to stop and so the problem people are like i'll just do one cycle i'll put on 20 pounds of muscle which they're not going to one in a hundred might and then they think i'll just this episode is brought to you by la quinta by window your work can take you all over the place like texas you've never been but it's going to be great because you're staying at la quinta by window their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead and after you can unwind using their free high-speed wi-fi Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Keep it and stop and I'll be good. But the problem is they go on, get after the results they thought they'd get. Then they get off of it. And then they feel like shit. They can't get an erection. They can't have sex. <laughs> They're like, this sucks. And they go back on it. And then they say, well, I did the same dose. I didn't get the same results because your body gets used to it. You need more. You double the dose. You double the dose. Pretty soon you're doing 3,000 milligrams a week. You start at three, four, five hundred, and you're not getting any better. And so that's a big problem. I'm not going to lie, Greg. I just want to lose my balls. (laughs) Smaller balls makes your dick look bigger. So that is not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I've always said, and I want to get your take on this, uh, Greg, what you think. I've always said, you know, if you're not competing to become a, a pro, you're not chasing a pro card, you're not a fitness influencer where your image is literally how you make your money. Um, and, you know, train naturally for at least five to 10 years, figure out the rudimentary basics. Then if you your income is absolutely dependent upon it, whatever it may be, and you have no other choice, then I guess maybe you can maybe come to that conclusion. But I tell people all the time, stay natural as long as you can. Try to avoid going down the dark side if you can. And honestly, if your income or your dependence, your life isn't dependent upon it, probably isn't worth it, man. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I have the opposite opinion of what most people and most people are like, if you're not competing, you shouldn't use it. My advice obviously is don't use it ever. Like you obviously shouldn't. Okay. And if you do take the lowest dose that makes you happy. And so rather yeah. than thinking I'll take 500, if 200 is enough, take 200, but obviously ask your doctor, don't break the law. But my, my take is this people say, Oh yeah, you don't need it. Cause you're not competing. The person that's not competing, that just wants to look average, like take, take a two on 10 body. 
their dream would be to have a five on 10 body, just average. I just love to be average. That person to me has just as much right as the nine on 10 Chad that wants to look like Chris Bumstead and win the Mr. Olympia. I see no difference on someone's desire to improve their physique, whether they're 250 pounds of muscle and need 10 more to win the Olympia versus a guy who's 150 pounds, 30% body fat, and just wants to get a girlfriend, just wants to get looked at for once. I, mm. I see no difference in that. And so I, I, I've had this debate a lot with people. Most people disagree with me, but I'm, I'm a guy that thinks I don't care where you start. To me, they have just as much reason to use something as somebody who's like at that elite level. Yeah, well, well, and and I would agree. I see. I, I agree that you know people shouldn't use it at all. But let's be honest here. A lot of times, guys ask you just, and they're going to take it anyway. So I look at it like, damn, dude. If I could stave it off and tell you, you know, train five to ten years at least, maybe they'll be able to build a, hap- a good physique that they're happy with in that five to ten years, and they'll say, you know what, I don't need this gear usage because. One thing I've learned is people a lot of times they ask you advice, but they never follow it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and to say five to ten years, almost nobody lasts five years in the gym before they take anything. You're right. Almost nobody lasts five years in the gym, period. Like I coached – I used to coach powerlifting high school kids. There isn't one kid that's still powerlifting right now. There were some that were went. two of them went to the world championships. They don't keep going. People join the gym. They have newbie gains. It's fun. And after two or three years, the gains slow down so much. And they yeah. just go and enjoy it because they don't see that change from day to day. And same thing is dieting down. Somebody's overweight. They can lose 100 pounds quickly, but it's 10 times harder to put on muscle than it is to lose fat. And so mm-hmm. people who are – their goals to build muscle, they might gain three, four, maybe five pounds in a year if they're lucky after the first – years and so they don't want to do it and so most people that take uh steroids are doing so within the first two or three years of training they're not waiting yeah, yeah they get addicted to those fast gains with the newbie gains and uh, you know that first one to two years is literally addicting and then after that your your gains drop off dramatically so i could see that that's a good point that you make there why so many people go to the dark side after two to three years because they're like i want these gains fast again and so, so my advice is to really slow down your progress. I was personally very fortunate. I started training at 10. So you'd think, well, all your newbie games would have been done by the time you're 20. But while doing this, I started doing triathlons at 13. And so I was mm-hmm. doing like, you know, uh, three to five hours of cardio a day doing, I was doing 500 kilometer bike rides per week for, for years doing this. And so the amount of muscle I was putting on through my teenage years was very, very it was highly reduced, like very hard. I was doing like 20 hours cardio a week. And so throughout my high school years and then in my in, in university, I was bodybuilding, doing triathlons at the same time. So my gains were very slow. They were halted. Yeah. And so when I finally got into my 20s, I'm like, I need to take bodybuilding more serious. I stopped doing triathlons, focused on bodybuilding, and my gains kept going at a pretty good rate. And so I had that dopamine, that rush of seeing my physique improve every single year for a lot longer than most people. I think if I hadn't done triathlons, I would have been a lot better, a lot bigger in my early 20s and I would have probably stopped and I would have probably been tempted to use steroids a lot younger but Mm. for me as long as I was improving I didn't I didn't feel I need to take anything I didn't compare myself to others I was winning every show I did practically so I'm like I'm winning the shows I'm natural I'm better than I was last show and so I didn't see the need but eventually I hit a plateau I wasn't improving and I wasn't getting a pro card I was winning the drug tested Canadian nationals the overall and I was like no pro card. I wanted to turn pro, so I had to join the dark side. That, that's literally what happened. Yeah. Greg, but, yes, let's say I'm a beginner, right? And I want to get into like the fitness world, so to speak. But I want to add something to this regimen I'm doing right now. Should it be a protein powder, uh, creatine, or even like growth hormone? What should it be? I think I should start with as a beginner. If you're in your teenage years, I don't advise adding anything. But if there was one thing that was like the for the newbie starter thing, it would be creatine, I would have to say. 
Creatine okay. for sure as a, as a young kid. But the number one supplement I would say for an adult to take would be uh, NMN. NMN, the, it's been promoted by Andrew Huberman on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's actually in that – where is this? Right there. There you Geo go. Max. That is the number one supplement. It it slows the aging process. It gives you more cardiovascular ability. It's been shown in like double blind human placebo controlled studies. The stuff is amazing. It, yeah, this this is a supplement to take. Like if you're into hard training, because you can you can recover better between sets. You have more energy, and it's it's human studies proving this stuff. It's not like mice studies, and no negative side effects. And so for me, if I had to take between like creatine and this, it's like a no game. It's like no contest. But I'm 47. I want to live a long life, and you know other benefits: better sleep, feel better, increased mood. I mean, to me, that's the best because if you take this, you can train harder. The harder you train, the more your results. Creatine, pretty much the most studies, like a thousand studies, they say you'll probably put on about two to three pounds of muscle, which to me, that's fantastic, but that's it. It's going to build muscle. It's not really making you live longer. It's not improving your cardio. So if you had to pick between those two, that's the that's what I do. But for a younger person, probably have less money. Creatine, the cheapest supplement that works. Protein powder is great, but you can get it in food. You don't need protein powder. The only reason I use protein powder is because I love it in my recipes and stuff like that. I have a sweet tooth, so that's why I eat protein powder. Um, Got it. Going back, as well, can you repeat it for the audience one more time? Because they're like calling it. What, what is it called? I mean, N M N N N M N. Okay. It's in Geo Two Max, but you can get it. But it's actually been recently banned by the FDA in the United States, not around the world, wow. because they're trying to label it as a drug. They're saying what it is is pharmaceutical companies who are making billions and trillions of dollars recognize just how good this stuff is, and they're like, "We want to make the money," so they're trying to say supplement companies shouldn't be allowed to sell it. And so we're working on that. It's been fighting. We're lobbying to try to reverse the decision. They did the same thing on NAC or NAC, something to help your liver. I, I wanted to put that in my liver support supplement and then we had to take it out the fda was cracking down on it they banned it being sold on amazon it, it was banned on on march 13th on amazon this nmn but they did the same thing to nac but they recently reversed the ban so mm. i'm hoping that they say come on it's 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 got no negative side That's effects in a great area right now in the united states it's legal in canada but just in the states is banned right now yes and it's not even okay. banned by wada so you can use it in the olympics you can use it um uh, in, 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 for example, the UFC. And so I'm like, why are you banning Strange. this stuff? You know, okay. imagine banning caffeine. You can't get your coffee at, at the friggin' Starbucks. You'd have to go to your local drugstore to get a caffeine, like it's <laughs> caffeine fix. It's crazy. And creatine. Yeah, definitely the, you know, the most widely researched sports supplement, you know, there's thousands of studies on, yes. you know, creatine and you'll know, get the basic monohydrate guys, you know, five, 10 grams a day. You'll be fine. Um, it takes about what, three weeks to load into the muscles, if I'm not mistaken, Greg. And then at that yes. point, notice gains. Yeah. Five grams a day for most people is going to be more than enough. Three grams for a lot of people would be enough. I mean, if you yeah. have a, maybe one in a hundred people need more than like six grams, but yeah, it's certainly going to work after a few weeks, saturates in your blood. Just Bam. use it long term. You don't need to load on it. You don't need to cycle off. It's not going to make you fat. It's just water in the muscle, increased energy. It combines with ADP to perform ATP, the, what the energy you need to use for like lifting weights and so on. So Bam. definitely a supplement you'd want. Um, and guys, don't worry for the, the chat. Don't worry. We're going to have a Q&A at the end uh, with the chats. So don't worry if you guys have, have any questions for Greg. Go ahead and shoot them in now. I see the chats are piling up. I got one, one more question, though, before we get into the chats. So, Greg, me and you were kind of having a laughing about this before. 
Um, so you ended up getting in a little bit of trouble, right, with uh, CBSA, Can- Canadian Border Services Agency, if I'm not mistaken, is the correct acronym. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that a little bit? And it was days after you won your pro card. <laughs> Four days after I get my pro card. So I'm on cloud nine. I got new sponsorship contracts. I'm making money. I'm on, I'm on. I'm like, I can't believe I've done this. My dream, my goal. And then I get arrested selling steroids and, uh, and importing them for another country. And so I ended up with. 20 months house arrest, $50,000 fine, give or take. And that was years ago. So I couldn't get in the United States criminal record, couldn't teach school. So I had to start my career over. I was like, what am I going to do? So I just kept coaching, um, started a YouTube channel, said I got to coach more people around the world to spread this out. But right now I've hired lawyers. I'm trying to get in the United States. I went to the border recently. They detained me. I'm like, I'm just here to get a waiver. I'm there for four and a half hours trying to sneak a text to my lawyer saying like, what are they doing here? I can't leave, but I'm not under arrest. A bunch of bullshit, but hopefully they're going to let me in. They, they kind of like examine what have you done. I'm like, well, I have business in the United States and so on. It's been 10 years. I haven't done any criminal anything. So, you know, let me in, please, type of thing. Well, hopefully I get in. We'll see what happens. Should find yeah. out soon. And and because I know some of you guys are wondering, like, yo, why isn't he in studio, etc. We try to make the interview happen here in Miami, guys, but we couldn't because he couldn't come in. Um, I haven't been able to get on so many people. Like, I get asked all the time, huge, like, you know, 100 million followers, like, big channels that I'm like, um, unfortunately, I can't get in. And so, yeah, it's it's not great for business. They're definitely holding me back, but I mean, I'm hoping to let me in. You can always call Drake, bro. He called Gucci Man in. <laughs> No, no, no. Him, it's him. He's in Canada. He's trying to come to the United States. Oh, vice versa. He, he can work it out. Call Drake, man. <laughs> that ain't gonna do nothing. I don't think Drake will answer my text message. That would be great if he did. This guy, man. Yo, it's it's Coach Greg Drake. Do you need a personal trainer? Let's let's hook up. Yeah, it's other way around. Um, yeah, because Gucci has a criminal history. So, like the weird, the way it works, and this is me coming from former law enforcement, like. Canadians have access to U.S. law enforcement, uh, law enforcement records, and vice versa. So the re- Gucci Mane had a conviction, a felony convictions in the U.S. So Canada wouldn't let him in, and it goes the other way around. If you have convictions in Canada, they're not going to let you into the United States. So it's it's kind of like a weird situation, but yeah, hopefully they'll let you in, man. I mean, it's been a while. Um, Canada is a visa waiver free country anyway, so you know, hopefully we'll be able to do an interview. I'm hoping for the best, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so tell us about like how did you overcome that? Because at that point, right, you obviously ended up getting a low. So you're on this high. You get your pro card. It's awesome. Your sp- sponsorships are hitting you up. You still got your teaching job. You're thinking, damn, I'm ready to be an entrepreneur. Next thing you know, bam, you get arrested. Fifty thousand dollars worth of fines. You get a felony conviction in Canada. You end up losing your job. Tell us how you were able to build yourself up back from that. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I literally was uh, sitting on the on the floor. I had a cardboard box with my like laptop and stuff, and I'm like. You know, I'm I'm eating with like plastic forks. I have no money. I owe the lawyers money. I owe uh, the fine. I haven't paid that off, and they gave me ten years to pay it. I paid it off a few years. YouTube did well. I ended up paying that off, but I had to start from scratch. And so I kept coaching people. Um, now that I had a pro card, it was almost, getting a pro card. It's kind of like having a PhD. People yeah. like suddenly recognize you as okay. This guy knows what he's doing. I'm like, I always knew what I was doing. I was just natural. That's why I wasn't as jacked. But once you take steroids you get so much bigger obviously people are like wow he looks like he knows what he's doing and so i got more and more people to 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 hire me and then eventually i'm like i need to expand out of halifax because like locally there's only so many people you can coach i started doing educational videos on nutrition um on 
anything in general. And because I had a teaching background for 11 years, I was able to explain things in a way that I felt was, well, at least I hope people think is interesting, uh, mm. funny, educational, and so that they can get some information from that. And so I kept growing as a channel. And the more people saw me talking about these things, the more they kind of liked what I was saying, the more people were calling me up, hiring me for coaching. That became absolutely amazing. I couldn't believe I was coaching 100 hours a week. I was coaching 60 plus clients charging a fair bit of money for it too and doing really well but i was like i can't keep doing this forever and so i then said well all these recipes that are making me stand out from everyone else because most coaches it was how much chicken broccoli and rice can you eat or is it asparagus or is it fish and i was like no i eat freaking french toast and i eat freaking lasagna i eat all this amazing food all the time they're like what and so everyone i coach was like this is my diet and they're like i can't believe you're eating that and so it kept spreading more and more people got that made a cookbook, started selling that. One day I sold a hundred or how was it? A thousand and four copies in one day, hundred dollars nice. a copy. I was like, this is ridiculous. And so I was like, I don't need to coach as many people. So I kept making more of these books. I've now transitioned into supplements. So I, so I do a little bit of the coaching, uh, you know, supplements, cookbooks, and I've written training books, a, a diet book. And so I've just been active. I've been working really hard for the last several years and I'm trying to work less now because I felt like I did the grind and now I can kind of like work a normal amount of hours. But yeah. that's what led me to this point. Was, was that like your first big internet check? Like everyone remembers that first big internet check. Was it selling those first 1,000 copies of your book and you made like 10K in a day and you're like, holy crap. Like, it was 100,000 in a day. 100. That was like ridiculous. I was making a lot before. No, it wasn't my first. I was, it was making like maybe three quarters of a million at the time, but then I had the book nice. and it just went ridiculous. And I was like, I can't, like at that point, like the dopamine rush was so, like I've never been that high in my life. Like I'm driving around like, like, I, I can't believe what's happening. Like, how is this possible? I was just so excited and so happy. I've never been that pumped in my life. And so how long I've just kept it. What's Sorry. that? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish and then I'll ask you the second part. I've never felt that excited in my life. And so, you know, since then, the YouTube game, it's been fun for me. I love making videos. I love making content. I love the drama. I love all of it. I like the haters, the comments. The, the haters are what actually helps me the most. If I didn't have people shitting on me, like that cookbook went viral because people are like, how dare you sell a book for that much money? And everyone's making these videos. And then I promoted this one channel, the Iron Musket, who he basically just said, I made this, I, I, I ate from this book and here's the recipes and it worked. And I just did a video about him. And I'm like, wow, this guy that doesn't know me like the book. And then everyone started eating from my book, all these famous guys, not famous. I did videos about everyone and it kind of became like a meme, a viral thing. And it took off. And so the entire world started eating from my book. It became like this huge, big seller for me. And that was like amazing. So I did the version two, version 3.0 is coming out next month. And so the books have been amazing and I've transitioned. Why do I keep doing that to the supplements over here? And so, so much going on. And because I have like a large, I get about 20 million views per month uh, because of that I, I i have a lot of people that are watching my videos and it you know i talk about something like this you know and it works that's what that's it's it's free advertisement yeah um so at so at this point so you you know you obviously hit rock bottom when you're arrested by um the customs authorities out there in canada they raid your house you lose everything how long did it take you to build yourself back up to the point where you're making you know three quarters of a million dollars uh, you know uh, within a few weeks, 
I mean, that time in my life was very, like, I went through a lot of counseling because, I mean, I'm rock bottom. Like, I'm talking, like, almost every friend I ever had wouldn't talk to me. Everyone's scared of me. They're accusing me. Of this. It was a nightmare situation. I mean, I'm on a house or I'm sitting at home. So that was a, a hard time to go through. But I just said, I, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing this. I was still a professional bodybuilder, so I was allowed out of the house to go to the gym and train. So I yeah. kept going at it. And so I would say it took until, like, 2000 and probably 19 before I started making decent money again. So wow. I, I was not doing very well. Like I would make, I don't know, like 50,000 a year coaching or whatever, like just a normal like income. And I, I uh, eventually bought a house with my girlfriend and she owns pet value. So we, we kind of bought the house together. Like I didn't have the credit, but together we could, we bought a house. And then by the time I moved in the house, I was doing so well on YouTube. I'm like, we need to buy another house. Like it was just like, nice. yeah, it, it happened really quick. When did you make so, so 2012 you you get arrested 2019 things start to pick up and take off a little bit when did you make the youtube channel 2006 and so i was posting okay. videos just basically trying to show off like look how strong i am i can bench oh. press this and this and that it wasn't like i didn't know what a follower or a sub was or any of that stuff um and then in 2012 i was you know i was putting more and more content it kept going and then I would stop for a while and start back. I'd be like, oh, it's not doing that well. I wasn't getting the views. And then I look back and I'm like, wait a minute. This video on Anabar has 600,000 views. I think I'm going to do more videos on anabolic. So I do do this is the pros and cons of D-ball. This is the pros and cons of testosterone or trend. So I was doing videos on all the different supplements, anabolic stuff, like everything, SARMs, all of it. Those were getting tremendous views. And I literally just took my phone, propped it up and just spoke. Before that, I was trying to sound smart, trying to sound professional. I'm like, I'm just going to rant and talk and just say whatever the hell comes to my mind. People love those videos. And so that really, really, really helped me a lot. People were hiring me all the time. I'm just looking. Is there, am I saying something? Oh, okay. I was just thought. Anyway, uh, yeah, I did more of those, did the natty or nots. And uh, at that point, I was like, this is crazy. Like, it really went from nothing to, like, huge in, in a matter of months. And I think the transparency is huge because so many fitness influencers, right? Like, and you were kind of doing this before a lot of these other guys, you know, were scared to talk about that stuff. And, you know, you were always very transparent about it, open about it. And I think that's why you have the following that you have, because so many people kind of shy away from it because they don't want to lose sponsorships. They're scared of being, you know, looked at as like, oh, you're you're using uh, steroids. But in reality, when you're honest about it, people gain a lot more respect for you. Yeah, I'm like, it was obvious. I mean, I mean, people think I'm on steroids now. I mean, I'm an HRT, but I was like way bigger. It was so obvious. Like, am I going to sit here and be like, I'm natural? Like, no, I'm just going to be honest. I'm just an open book. Like, I don't care. I'll tell you whatever. You know, most people are like, Greg, you should like not talk so much about certain things. I'm like, I don't care. I don't have any tact. I just say what I think. And so people just like the abrasiveness, the openness, the honesty. And it, I think it really helped my channel. And I'm the same way now. I just, I don't do as many videos about steroids and people are like, why don't you do it? I'm like, I've already covered them all. Like, what am I supposed to do? The same video again? So that's why I've branched out into different topics. I like to talk about what's trending, things on the internet, different people. And people like the, the videos. I do pretty much two videos a day. I've been doing that for like three years straight now. And uh, I think that the more videos you post, the more chance people are going to see what you're doing and the more plants are going to follow you. And don't worry, guys, we're going to get into the spicy stuff here in a little bit. But I want you guys to really get to know this individual right here because I'm excited for this interview. So your cookbook did really well. You were selling it for about 100 bucks. People were hating on you because you're selling it for 100 bucks. Um, tell us about the book game, man. What's it like? Because uh, I just released my own book uh, about a month and a half ago or so. And, you know, it did pretty well. But um, the book game is a whole other thing, man. Can you tell us about uh, writing it? 
putting it out. Uh, I don't know. You independently published it, I'm assuming, right? Or did yeah. you go to a publisher? Yeah, like, individually. How did you go about making the book? And what sparked you to make a cookbook? Well, I couldn't do the coaching. And I was actually very nervous to do this book because I thought, well, no one's going to hire me for coaching. But it's like I was getting so popular on YouTube and I was reading comments like, can I buy those recipes? And I literally was selling – like, I don't even want to admit this, but $500 people were paying for just the recipes before the book was out. And mm -hmm. I was like – I was charging a lot for coaching, like a lot, like thousands. Of, so to me, I was like, I don't want people to know my recipes. That's how I'm making money. That's what I'm known for. But I was like, I can't keep coaching this much. And so why not have something, an ebook, and you can just send it to them. And that's the way to do it. Now, since then, I've made like the hard copies and stuff. But at first, it was just an ebook. Mm. So what, what would you say? How would you advertise your book and like get it out there? Like how would you? I did everything online, like every, like literally I'm doing video after video of this is how I eat. This is a recipe. I'm showing you recipes from my book, like mm. my favorites. And they're like, Greg, man, make a cookbook. And I'm like, all right, you want the book? I'll make the book. But I wasn't going to sell it cheap. Like they're like, I have, I had a team of people working with me at the time. They're like, yeah, it should be $29.99. I'm like, $29? It's going to be $200. What do you mean? I'm selling it for $500 now. Like just like a uh, like a what do you call it? A, I'm not even technical, but a copy on the Internet, PDF or whatever. I'm like, here it is, the recipes. And I was like, it's got to be two hundred dollars. And then the whole uh, pandemic hit. And then like people are out of work. I'm like, well, I guess I can't charge. I'll charge half price. It's ninety nine dollars. And everyone's shitting on me like, oh, my God, I imagine what they said at two hundred dollars. <laughs> so just saying like it was available on a video was like all i needed to do i mean and since then i've got it in mandarin it's being sold in china i collabed with uh aldura we have a, an arabic cookbook for egypt like i've made various like so different languages trying to capitalize on other audiences other people other spoken languages and so you know i'm just continuing on right now it's really good books have no. sold well yeah, it's really important to diversify in other languages. I'm about to get my book in Spanish as well. So, uh, you know, I see, yeah, see great minds think alike, man. Uh, <laughs> would you? So, and your book is big. It's like 700 pages. How many recipes you got in that thing? Oh, God, it's not even near that. But yeah, getting back to the. Uh, to I saw the, uh, seven or eight pages. There's like 200. Mind. There's about 200 pages in these books. But it was, okay. it was when I was coaching Mr. Beast, he had mentioned like, you need to start putting books in different languages and he's like even your videos on youtube like if you want to get big and this is advice anyone if you're on youtube if you get big enough if you really want to get big you have to uh get into other languages because how many yeah. people speak english and yeah. so the more languages you can get to mm -hmm. so my my videos are in on billy billy in china china is a big country like there's a lot of people and so you make videos in there so getting millions of views there translate to mandarin and you can get a whole new audience bam tell, so you said you coach mr beast tell us about that yeah, basically just he had featured me on a video where I did the Guinness Book of World Record for the deadlift. And, and he was like, just freaky things that happened in this year. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this video because I was obviously a sub. And I'm like, oh, there's me on the Mr. Beast channel. So I wrote him like, hey, thank you for having me on the, you know, on your feature me on your channel, whatever. And I'm like, you know, if you ever want to coach for dieting, I'm like, I, I, I'm an expert on this stuff. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, can I give you a call right now? I'm like, yeah. And so I'm talking to the phone. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to help you do that. So he started at 40% body fat. He's down to 25% body fat. Now he has his own coach living at his house inside. He's doing a bodybuilding competition against a guy in like maybe nine or 10 months. I'm like, Hey, if you want me to help you again, I'll do it. Like, but, uh, you know, he's, he's dieting. He wants to get to single digit body fat. He's 25% now. And so there you have it.
Damn, that's awesome, man. All right, so I'll hit some of these chats real quick. Uh, and guys, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel. Also, check out Greg Doucette's YouTube channel as well. I linked it below and his supplements. I put his uh, Instagram, YouTube, and his supplement website there. So we'll run through these real quick. And guys, from this point forward, I'm going to read only 20 and up, but I'll read these because they came in before. Cam two times says, one Corinthians 11.3. Uh, Corinthians. But I would, uh, oh, Corinthians? Okay. Uh, I w- uh, but what? I would have you know that this the head of every Bible man is stuff. Christ, and the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Well said. Cool. Uh, the time says, uh, I, no, he read that again. Again, is it another one? This is that's a, above my one. head. I know I'm only five foot six, but Four that's 15, 11, nine. King James Virgin says, "For the man is not of the woman, for the woman is of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, for the woman for the man." Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, silent. Uh, silent chaos says, "Hey, Greg, would you recommend TRT for a healthy and active thirty-year-old man who just wants to feel like they are sixteen again?" No. You're too young. You don't. I recommend TRT for people that need TRT, not just for people that want to feel 16. And your testosterone levels at 30, they're almost the same as 16. There's no real difference there. Bam. Nice. Eat better, my friend, and sleep more. Uh, I don't think people. Greg, can you talk a little bit about the importance of sleep, man? I've always said that sleep is like the most anabolic thing that you can do naturally, and people don't tend to believe me when I say this. They look at me like, "Oh, bro, I don't need sleep." Can you talk oh, about you're, that? you're bang on. Sleep is one of the most overrated things that people don't consider when they're doing any kind of diet training or anything. It, everyone needs to sleep. If you don't get sleep, everything's downhill from there. Like cortisol's up. It's going to be that much harder. You're going to be that much hungrier. You're not recovered. You're overtrained. And the worst part about dieting is you can't sleep when you get leaner the body basically it keeps you awake because it wants you to hunter be a hunter gatherer go out there like go and kill a deer go eat some blueberries like get up just don't lay there and sleep so the leaner you get the more difficult the time it gets to sleep when i was natural i slept three to five hours a night on average and it was a nightmare Uh, like low sex drive i remember one time i didn't have an orgasm for maybe two or three months natural like i couldn't like and i'm natural not on gear nothing had like you i could have had 14 porn stars in front of me would have made no i did not (laughs) care that's the that's the dangers of dieting that hard and even on pds you're on all the tests in the world when you're shredded especially when you're in trend you can't sleep so you have transomnia you can't recover you're always feeling like shit you have no sex drive because you have no energy i don't care how much test you're on tests will make you more horny but not if you have no food and so you need sleep like i've said it in videos people don't believe me if i had to choose between a fat burner and a sleeping pill on a diet sleeping pill every single freaking facts facts um there you go guys so now you know i'm not just biased when i say y'all need to sleep more okay we got alex here Uh, i'd love to give greg a huge shout out for his diet info slash cookbook started 200 down to 175 uh lean maintainable from his help uh, subbed for several years. Uh, shout out to you, Alex. Nice. There you go. Happy uh, book buyer right there. Alex, 10 bucks says, I'd like to also thank uh, you, Myron and Fresh, for all the endless information you provide. 580 to 710 credit score in a couple months, making 100K soon to buy the first property. Well done, gents. North Dakota. Shout out to you, my nice, friend. bro. Yeah, this is a collab y'all didn't see coming, but you guys needed. Uh, Bitcoin mm-hmm. Bandit says, Greg, have you seen the viral video that Tate posted that he uh, when he came out of jail? How does he look like the Hulk after being in jail for three months? I haven't seen it, but I've heard that he's come out. I haven't. People requested say you got to do a video on his body out of jail, out of jail physique, and I'm like, I'm just too busy, so I I haven't been on it yet. I think it's just push-ups, right? Yeah, he's been he's been doing a lot of training in the gym. Almost literally, you only need thirty uh, percent of the work that you did to get something to to keep that, and it's not like the guy's training like three hours a day like an animal on on gear. So. Why couldn't he go away and keep the same muscle he has? It's not like he had a ton to lose in the first place. 
Yes, mm. that's 100 percent true. There was a study that came out about that, where if you build up a physique to a certain point, you can maintain it with only about 30 percent of the volume with like push ups and calisthenics fairly well, too. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Just look at the pandemic. Gyms were closed. Did everyone lose all their gains? I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, and if your protein's high and you do calisthenics to a degree and work to some level of close, somewhat not not even close to failure, you can maintain. Mm. Um, Michael Meestroke says uh, one dollar super sticker. Appreciate that. And then uh, too near me not to hear me uh, goes. Greg, what are your thoughts on natural herbs for boosting testosterone, such as Tongat Tongkat Ali, Ashwagandha, and Shil. A jet jit, shilla jit. Shil-jit. Okay, so Tom Cataly, Ali's favorite. That's his, that's an amazing one. On Andrew Huberman's podcast, they spoke of Tom Cataly and Fidogia aggressis increasing test levels, 100 to 200 nanograms per deciliter each. Ashwagandha also shown to improve test levels. And so these are the big three, like Ashwagandha, Tom Cataly, uh, and Fidogia aggressis. Shilla shit, jit, whatever. I can't even pronounce it. I really don't know much about that one. I can't comment. But certainly those are great for boosting testosterone levels. I see no negatives like side effects or anything bad about that, I'd highly recommend it. Bam. Nice. Chip Osario goes, Coach Greg, uh, great to see your collaboration with Fresh and Fit. How did you come up with the harder than last timeline? I was literally just screaming like on a, in a video and saying like people a video, I'm like, how hard you should train. I'm like, harder than last time. Like how hard? Harder than last time. And it just kind of just, I didn't think of it. I was just screaming in front of the camera and was like, you just need to train harder. I don't know how hard. I can't quantify it. I'm not like reps in reserve. I'm not Mike Isertel. I'm not going to be like train 1% off this. I was like, <laughs> I'm just like go to the freaking gym and push hard. Train harder than last time. You know, that uh, hard. Harder than last time. It's just same simple. No, And I want to ask you about this, Greg, because this is something actually that I notice a lot of the times when I go to the gym and I watch, you know, if I look at someone else training or whatever, I notice that people just don't go that hard. They don't try that hard. They're not sweating. They're not pushing sets close to failure. They're kind of just like chilling. Can you talk about the importance of high training intensity to actually build a good physique? Absolutely. So beginners, that's okay. You don't need to train hard because anything more than you're doing is going to cause your muscles to grow. It's about progressive overload. But if you've been training for a year or two and you're not training near failure, then how are you expecting to grow? And so if you look in the gym, and this is my general rule, if you're going to the gym and you see more than one person in the gym training harder than you, you're not training hard enough. Unless you're a beginner, unless you just started, then you can just kind of like go through the motions you're going to gain. So when, when I go to the gym, even on a bad day, a day I walk out, I'm like, man, I didn't push myself. I didn't have it in me mentally. I'm still training harder than almost everyone in the gym. So I, that that's my main thing. I'm like most people, they're worried about reps in reserve, reps between sets, sets, form, technique, all this. I'm like, if you just go to the gym and train harder than last time, you're going to get way more gains than the perfect diet, the perfect training program, the perfect everything. Just go and freaking push and you're going to get the results. Yeah. I, I always say consistency and effort over time overrides optimality. So oh, absolutely. So yeah, That's no, good. absolutely. Um, okay. We got here. Uno goes, uh, are I Argentine are yeah. Argentine supplements, a good choice to increase tests. I also heard it has other health benefits, intro, uh, including reducing cholesterol. Um, to increase test, no. I mean, it's like even test boosters of old, like the best test booster from five, 10 years ago, almost like essentially useless. It's only the yeah. newest stuff that's working. And so, no, it's not going to make a big difference. Not at all. Mm. Uh, Fit John, John, Fit John, John says Natty for life. Okay. All right. Uh, Michoka goes, or Michaka, what's your opinion on pre-workouts? I use them every time I work out or do a bike ride. Is uh, caffeine black coffee a good, I want to say, replacement for pre-workout absolutely caffeine is probably the most studied uh 
performance enhancing drug it was a drug it was banned in the olympics you could fail for for if you had too much caffeine in your system they made it legal after around 20 years ago i know one person that failed the drug test for caffeine and they just said wow. ah, whatever it's caffeine but yeah you couldn't take it but between one and three milligrams per kilogram of body weight that's shown where you should should be one to start and then up to about three so i'm about close to 90 kilos so 270 milligrams it's a good dose of caffeine for me significant improvements in cardiovascular ability, effort strength all that it's a no-brainer everyone i think is well not everyone's on caffeine but almost everyone i mean it's a great supplement for sure Okay. Bam. Uh, Marley, when you stop TRT and your erection and libido drop off, does it come back eventually? Uh, or am I stuck on TRT for the rest of my life to maintain a healthy three sex life? Damn. Once you're on TRT, it's it's supposed to be for the rest of your life. Now, mind you, if you stop. So, for example, I'm on TRT, 140 milligrams, and I did stop for a period of nine weeks. My sports doctor said, let's try this and see what happens. My testosterone levels were uh, below that of a female, like an average female. And I still was able to have sex, but I only wanted it like once a week. But the problem is you're, it takes a lot of time for your body to get back to normal. It can take months and or years. And so you have to be able to willing to wait that time period, which could be, let's say it's a year. And so – are, are most people going to be willing to wait a year before they can feel good again? And so it's tough. Like you can get it back to normal, but not everyone. And so my advice, once you start TRT, it is for the rest of your life, but you can get off, but you got to be willing to have that suffering bef- between the time that you stop taking it and when your body gets back to normal. Oftentimes it could be a year or more. Bam. Damn. So what if you have a girlfriend? Her wife, they're screwed for here. <laughs> too. Hey, well, it's a good thing because she doesn't want it. And she's like, thank God you're off of that stuff. <laughs> and, you know, by the way, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to kill the Facebook stream, Twitch and Twitter. So come on over to YouTube, guys. Uh, come on over to YouTube, YouTube Fresh and Fit. Um, and then also, um, guys, go subscribe to Greg Doucette's YouTube channel as well. Link is below. Check him out. Um, OK, so we'll continue back on with the chats. We got here. Gustavo Muratala says, hey, Fresh and Fit. Uh, y'all know what's the difference between creatine HCL and creatine monohydrate? Pros and cons for both. There's no benefit to any kind of creatine. Creatine monohydrate's cheaper in general. Yeah. There's no benefit to any other kind. Get the one you want. The cheaper, the better. General, there's absolutely no benefit to switching to a different kind. Yeah, monohydrate's the cheapest. So, uh, Fit John, John, Greg, will you bring back you rating your subscriber physique? Absolutely. I'm not done that. I just don't want to do it all the time. Don't want to make it too old. Bam. Uh, we got here. Lord says, what are your thoughts on 25 year old taking TRT? What the <laughs> fuck? If they need it, absolutely. I've literally coached people on TRT and younger than that. Some people are just born with a genetic condition. They don't produce proper levels of testosterone. I've seen it a number of times. Oftentimes, though, it's usually people who are anorexic. And they mm. might not even know they're anorexic. You just think they're a skinny guy, but they're, like, starving in secret because males don't kind of admit that kind of a thing. It's more seen as something women do. But oftentimes, I've coached several, and I've done phone consults, guys who are, like, 100, 120 pounds, and they're they're shredded, they have a six-pack, but they're not eating anything. They're eating, like, 1,000 mm. calories a day. They're testing testosterone levels are tanked and they can't get it back and they have to go on and on hrt damn okay greg, greg how important is it to get your t levels checked as a guy i wouldn't say it's extremely important maybe three percent of guys is probably going to be too low as a young age but the beauty of if you do get it done is you have that baseline because it's normal like essentially people want to be somewhere between like 250 and maybe a thousand nanograms per deciliter. And just because you're low, it doesn't mean it's bad. Like if you come up with 400, but you've always been 400, well, there's nothing wrong with that if you feel good. And, but on the other extent, if you were 800 your whole life and now it's 400, you could feel horrible. But yeah. the guy is 400 and he's at 400 still, he feels amazing. And so that's the beauty of having your test levels checked. I mean, you don't need to, but it generally like 
if you don't feel good and there's something off, then get it checked. But like, I wouldn't say every 20 year old needs to go to their doctor and say, I need my test levels checked because why do you, you really need, I'd, I'd rather see them check their blood pressure. That's a much bigger indicator of a problem. Like high blood pressure at a young age, you'd lead to heart attacks and strokes and so on. I mean, if we're going to get one thing tested, it's your blood pressure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we got here, uh, big, uh, player JD goes, I was 320 pounds, age of 32. I did two hours cardio, two times a day, did 1000 abs and full body workout. Seven months later at 33 years old, I'm 190 pounds. Thank you guys. Hey man, that's what it's about. That's my friend. incredible. Awesome. It it reminds me of Ethan Supui. He was riding six hours a day on a bicycle for like eight months. He went from like 500 something pounds to like 250. Oh, nice. Damn. I'm starting a job wild and, uh, Wildland firefighting, it's pretty strenuous work. They recommend a low-protein diet due to organ stress. Would your would your perilite help me not lose too much muscle, or should I not worry about losing muscle? Well, a low-protein diet, I wouldn't do that at all. I think that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. at least consume a half a gram per protein a pound of body weight. I mean, one gram may be optimal, 0.8, anywhere on that. But, like, I wouldn't try to avoid protein. But would perilite help? Absolutely. There's eight grams of protein per serving. So if you're not having enough protein and you're taking perilite, it has eight grams of essential amino acids and BCAs. And so it would help you not lose muscle, same as protein powder. But if they're saying don't take protein and you're taking perilite, you're getting protein. Damn. So you'd be kind of going against the purpose. Yeah, man. You got, guys, I don't think you understand. The, the protein is imperative if your goal is to build an aesthetic physique, man. Well, one gram per pound of body weight is what people generally say. You can go, you know, one gram per pound of lean body mass, but you definitely need adequate protein to maintain a muscular physique. Uh, Greg 20s? says, uh, was that? Are you 20s or no? Uh, yeah, Mo, we're, these are came in after the fact or what? They were before. They were before? Okay. okay. Well, great. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask this question, then we're going to get back into uh, uh, the pod. Uh, how's the hair transplant been treating you? Uh, hashtag cookbook. Bam. Look at that. I did a hair transplant too. Seems all right. I've had, a, I've had a lot of people make videos saying it went horrible. Oh my God. They botched it. I'm like, I don't know. I think it looks, I ate, it could be better maybe, but like, it's not horrible. How'd you do yours? Did you go to Turkey and do it? Turkey. Did you, did you do it with, um, I had, with the, I had a transplant from to here. Like they just unplug stuff and plug them back in. I had, put yeah. here and in the front and i don't know i they said you're not supposed to do cardio for a month i'm like are you kidding i took like two days off and i was freaking bike racing after that i was like i'm not taking time off and so good, i didn't even listen to what they said i think it looked pretty good you know um so because i did a hair trans a transplant as well i did it here in the states so i didn't want to go all the way to turkey did they uh cut your head or did they just pluck it from no, the i was like one of my friends did that i'm like oh my god a scar and a whole take the skin no they just i don't know what it's called they pluck out hair and they re-plug oh, yeah, it in yeah. and i yeah. only went because like honestly my girlfriend had crohn's disease she lost 30 percent of her hair she had like a, a two feet of her bowels removed like serious like she was 100 pounds she's like 150 now almost or whatever so she was like you know, she couldn't absorb food, and so a lot of her hair fell out. And so we we wanted to go there to help her. I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you. Uh, and then okay. she got rejected because her hair wasn't strong enough per se. And I'm like, well, we're here. I'm going to do it. So I didn't really care about my hair that much. I wasn't like I had no hair. And I was like, ah, you know, I may as well. What the hell? I'll do it with you because we're both going to go bald. And so I was like, oh, be bald, my girlfriend, whatever. And people were like, oh, Greg cares so much about his hair. I'm like. I don't care. If you look at my old videos, did you see my hair? I look like Kramer. I was like, I didn't care. <laughs> how long How long ago did you do your uh, transplant? It was a year and a couple months ago, like December okay. of like a year. So whatever, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Say a year is um, when you're fully recovered. So, I mean, hey, it looks good, bro. It looks fantastic. I mean, you both look good. No homo. 
Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I'm still not done. I still got for some being 47. I'm like, I don't know. It's not too bad for using steroids for 10 years. My hair was doing pretty good. I would have to say. <laughs> yeah. Y'all think it's cool, man. Oh man. All right. Well, uh, what else we got here about? Okay. Christopher uh, Peterson goes, been working out religiously for the last four months. Uh, Myron's fault. How many times should I work out each major muscle group each week? Two for sure. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Uh, frequency is definitely your friend in that case. Can Rip I time fitness? Can I skip leg day? <laughs> it depends. Are you racing bikes? If you're racing bikes like me, you can skip leg day every way. I'm sprinting on my bike, getting up off the saddle. Every day is leg day for me. If I'm not in the gym, I'm racing on my bike. My legs are always gone. Like it's tough. I'm just running from the holes, bro. Right. <laughs> says, ask Greg if he'll collaborate with me. Hey, bro, you got to hit him up on the side, okay? Uh, we'll see. And then dad does 20 bucks. Nearly killed myself over a year ago. Got out of my uh, head. Started watching FNF, Coach Greg, and others. Lost over 100 pounds. More to go. Keep it up, guys. Love your content. Thank you so much, Good my job, friend. Good job, bro. So, Greg, transitioning real quick. So, me and you both have made uh, pretty much the TikTok Hall of Fame of getting kicked off. Um, can you tell us about getting canceled on TikTok? <laughs> Multiple times canceled. And so my TikTok channel doing really well. I don't know how many followers I had, a hundred and something thousand. I didn't even post it. I had people, I'm like, take the videos I'm putting here and post them here. So I'm like, it, it was like a no-brainer. I'm like, a, a, you know, expand. I, so I do this one video on this guy who's being made fun of for this girl for talking to her at the gas station. Basically, he walks up to her and's like, hey, you're attractive. Can I have your phone number? Whatever. And she gets out of that state and she's like, imagine this guy has the nerve to come and talk to me at the gas station. I'm too busy. Yep. I don't want to get hit on. I got this. And I'm like, who do you think you are just because you're young in your 20s? beautiful girl and blonde and the people hated that video so much i had fifty-eight thousand not likes or or views negative comments fifty-eight thousand. like and i'm reading like you're the biggest asshole predator in the world i'm like i'm just defending a guy talking to a girl at a gas station like yeah. when my girlfriend fills up the lambo at the gas station people are like wow nice car oh my goodness they're nice feel like do you think she's like, you creepo and make come home, make a video saying, how dare you talk to me? Don't you know I'm a girl? Like, what? Like, I just yeah. don't understand it. I'm like, when I was, I mean, I'm old, I'm 47. When I was young, you could actually approach women and talk to them and say, hi, I find you attractive. I like your shoes, your shirt, whatever. Can I have your phone number? Let's go for coffee. Now you can't talk to anyone. Why do you think women behave this way, uh, Greg, where they're being so, you know, rude and, you know, abrasive to men that just might just want to start a conversation? I think people overvalue themselves. I think they think they're better than they are. And I think that everyone's looking for that five or 10 or 15 minutes of fame. Like, oh my God, look at me. This happened to me. And so they do their little TikTok thing. And they're like, well, if I make this video and say this, whatever, creep, because he's not a nine on 10, if he's not Chris Bumstead talking to me at the gas station, then everyone's going to agree with me and make me feel pretty and, and good about myself. And so I think people just do it for views, for clicks, likes, attention. Yeah. Um, and I want to say this too. What are your thoughts on all these studies in the gym recording themselves, right? Where they're saying, "Oh, this guy's staring at me." Blah blah blah. He's shout a creep. To, shout out to Joey Swole. He's putting these hoes in check, man, and letting them know that they're ridiculous. What are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, to me, that's equivalent to the gas station. They're making videos of people approaching them, talking to them. Everyone wants to think that they're so this or that, and it's like. If I'm looking at you, how do you know I'm not just trying to learn from you? How do you know I'm not just like turning my head over? Like what makes you think that you're so special and so interesting that I have to look at you right now? And I think people just want to be the victim. People play that victim card. It's just like, woe is me. I'm a victim. Cancel culture. 
it's horrible. I think it's ridiculous. I can't believe these people are doing it. But at least with the gyms, I think most women as well are like, yeah, that's that's silly. Like most of the women I talk to, they're like, yeah. no, it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this too, because my thing is, right, and I talk about this in my book, Why Women Deserve Less. I talk about how social media has negatively impacted women, right? And it's made them kind of have an overinflated sense of self-worth. And, you know, we live in a clout era. You know, if it's putting down a guy in the gym or putting down a guy that make, uh, makes an approach at you at the, at the gas station, right, to go ahead and make themselves feel better or try to get views or whatever. Um, and, you you know, you keep referring, saying that you're old, et cetera. Was, uh, you know, 20 years ago, were things like this back when you were in your mid-20s? nothing was like this. Like, it's so different. Like, I'm like, I wonder if every generation feels this bad. Like, cause like my parents would have thought of this. I'm like, am I that old that I don't understand the next generation? Cause it must be that because I personally don't get it. When I was younger, you would go and talk to somebody. You would speak in person. You didn't swipe left or right or up and down or make a circle. You actually said, hi, my name is such and such. I think this, we should go out sometime. Now you can't talk to people. Like I used to go and date people at the gym all the time. I'm like, hi, this is like, to me, the gym was like the bar because I was like, these are women with the same yeah. interest in me. They have the, the physique that I like. They have the same interests. I would date girls in the gym. That's what I did. I, hi, you're working out. You look good. Let's go out. That was it. It was that simple. Now you can't do that. I would never yeah. Well, I have a girlfriend, but if I was, how could you do that? And I mean, at least me, I'd be like, hey, do you watch Coach Greg? That's me. You want to talk like you would at least have a chance. But like the average person that's like a five on 10, good looking guy, like five foot six. Oh, geez, you have no chance. Like, what would you do now? Like, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people date now. Like, I don't know how literally how people do it. Yeah, it's pretty bad, man. The average guy is basically invisible to the average girl, you know, and I I talk about this extensively, how women's standards have kind of went up thanks to social media and they have an overinflated sense of self-worth. I mean, you know, the fact that you're even saying like, yeah, back in the day, I could have been able to go and up to a girl and talk to her in the gym and strike up and get a date going. We actually tell guys don't head on girls at the gym because, well, nowadays they might record you on TikTok. And then number two, a lot of the times it's, it's just an L, you know what I mean? It's a very low uh, rate of success unless you're like an extremely attractive guy you yeah. do go about it a certain way but it's almost like a strategy if you're going to talk to girls in the gym nowadays even 20 years ago i said i'm going to just just do an experiment i'm going to go up to 10 girls today and i'm going to ask all of them for their number and i'm going to see what percentage i got i got five so i had 50 50 half the girls i want to go out with i could go out with now you Damn. i would never dare do that unless i had a camera and i was like it's a it's a skit i'm doing that way i could say i'm just an actor but i never <laughs> dare do that you know what i mean it's it's gone crazy it's funny you said it because a lot of pranksters, that's their way of talking to girls. They'll do a prank <laughs> video, get a phone number, like, oh, I got it. But it's a prank. Oh, wait, hold on. It's a prank. Don't, don't get mad at me. Yeah. But, Greg, I want to ask you this, Greg, uh, personally speaking. If you're a guy, right, not that tall, you're pretty short, let's say five, six, to be exact. Um, mm-hmm. How important is it to work out in the gym? I think the better you look, the more in shape you are, the better your chances. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we know that women on average, we've asked them what body fat percentage you like, mostly 10 to 15%. And so if you're 30% and you get down to 15, your chances are going up without question. Now, of course, there's someone for everyone. Not everyone wants a, a lean guy, 10 to 15, but more want that than not. And so you're increasing your odds, but what else could you do? You could get a job, you could have money, you could work on your personality, you work on your social skills, you could be yourself because most people, they want to pretend they're something they're not to get or attract the girl. I'm like, how is that good? Then they're falling in love with somebody that you're not. And that's going to last what, six months. And then you're going to be yourself and then no one's going to like each other. So just be yourself, be open have confidence and just try but the problem is people don't dare try because they're scared to get shut down it used to be uh the number one fear of man is rejection now it's like the number one fear is being rejected and then made fun of on videos with it 
Yeah, it's really mm. bad. Do you think, uh, Greg, in your opinion, do you think that there's an attack on masculinity with all this bullshit that's going on? Absolutely. You can't be a man anymore. You, there's no way. You cannot. You can, well, you can try. If you're a 10 on 10, you can get away with it. If you're a Chris Bumstead, you can act a certain way. But if you're an average guy, you can't, you can't dare. You have to pretend. What people do is they say what people think that they want them to say. So they just go and what the majority, if 51% of people think a certain way, that's what everyone is trying to act like. That's what they'll say because they're too scared to get canceled or be in the minority. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you people would make fun of other people. It's sad, but they're, they're bullying. People laugh or make fun of the 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 least attractive kid or the whatever the nerd whatever and it's because you don't want to be the one being made fun of so you just uh go along with the majority and so that's what's happening now people are going along with the majority they're scared to be themselves they're scared to say what they actually think because they're fear of being canceled damn that's a good take bro yeah and and the thing i like about you a lot greg is that you know you give commentary right you're a fitness influencer but you give commentary on contemporary events as well and you talk about other things and you're not afraid to go against the grain and i'll be honest with you a lot of guys in the fitness industry are pussies they're scared to say what's on their mind because they don't want to lose supplement deals they don't want to you know really say um what's on their mind can you speak to that a little bit what makes you why did you say fuck it i'm gonna say what i want i don't care what people think I literally, you say, I, why do I not care what people think? Literally, as I was growing up and becoming a, like, a, you know, a teenager and so on, I was like worried about what do people think of me and what do people this and that? And I'm like, the, the first time I just started saying, what if I just stop giving a shit about what do people think and I just be myself? And it was, it was liberating. It was like, wow, I just don't have to care. Like, so what? They don't like me. I'll find someone else who does. And so I'm making YouTube videos and I'm saying everything I want. I'm like, okay, there's 100,000 people that are going to hate me, but there's going to be 100,000 people that like me. I'll just focus on the good. You guys can all shit on me in one ear, out the next. You guys say something nice. I'm going to take that in. And so it's so much better because why pretend and be something you're not and have people like you when it's not the real you? And that's what people do. They do it all the time. There's so many YouTubers, like people I've collaborated with, for for example, and they have one persona online and it's like yeah. they're this. And then behind the scenes, oh my God, they're nothing like that. And so they have a, they're, to me, they're just actors. I'd, the easiest way to act is to be yourself. Like yeah. when you make a video, like I might scream and shout a little bit more, but it's who I am. And so – if you're pretending to be whatever you're not, you don't believe it. Like, how is that fun? How long can you do that for? Not yeah. for very long. And well, that's what, again, that's one thing I really like about you, man, is because a lot of people in the fitness industry are very scared. They watch what they say. And it's kind of annoying because it's like you don't feel like you're getting the real person when you watch their videos. Like they're trying to, you know, identify in a certain manner so that they don't lose sponsorships. They don't trigger the wrong people, whatever it may be. They don't say what's on their mind, which speaking of which, perfect transition to this topic. So... You have a background in powerlifting. Um, what are your thoughts on what the hell is going on here with these guys that are entering in as women and completely demolishing women in powerlifting events? <laughs> so it's absolutely embarrassing. Even the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sports, they literally think that there's no advantage to being born a male over being born a female. And they'll quote different studies and they'll say, no, it's more the training and their diet and the coaching wow. that has – like." Are you an idiot? Men on average are five inches taller than women. They have stronger bones, larger bones. They have testosterone levels 10 to 12 times higher than female. I don't care if you transition as you're older and you have lower test levels. You had the advantage of being born a male for that long. You're bigger, bigger frame. And so, of course, you'd be better. And so, of course, if you're if you're if you identify as a woman and you're a man, you're going to have a huge advantage. It makes it not fair. The reason there are female sports in the first place is because it's not fair to have them compete against men. Sure, there's one or two girls out of a thousand that could do it. 
But in general, we want more participation in sports. Like I was a phys ed teacher. The more people that play, the better. There should be so many different categories. We have junior, teenage, open, masters, veteran, seniors, whatever, all these different categories to involve and encourage more people to participate. So why don't we just have the trans category that's their own division, and then we're encouraging them. We recognize their right to say, okay, identify as a woman. Great. Wear whatever you want. Dress as a female. I don't care if people wear panthers and identify as a child. I don't care. But have your own category. Like, don't make it unfair for someone else to take their spot away in the Olympics or whatever. Like, that's just wrong. Yeah. I, I You know, Greg, for a prime minister, I agree with you, man. Because <laughs> the thing is, is that, you know, it's funny because these leftists and these feminists and these libs, right, they vote for this type of legislation to allow these individuals to participate in their sports. But the people that lose at the end of the day are the women. Like they're the ones that take the L's. They're the ones that, that lose the scholarships. They're the ones that can't compete because I've said it before. I'll say it again. Women get mad at me on the podcast when I say this. Men are physically superior to women in almost every way. More bone, de- stronger bone density, more d- denser muscles, more lung capacity. We're just stronger than them, high, taller than them. Like you said, on average, five inches. Like we just beat them in every regard. So they can't compete. Right. So there's a reason why we got two different leagues, but when you want to go ahead and combine it, like, yeah, guys are going to go ahead and compete in the female sections and absolutely destroy them. This happened in the NCAA. I think some guy was ranked like 500th for swimming the swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he starts setting records as a woman. It's like, it's, it's happening in cycling, weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. It kills him. Like first place smoking him, dude. So you take a mediocre male, he identifies as a woman. Now he destroys these uh, females and they're the ones that are taking the L's. And, and I agree with you. Here's the thing. Even though I laugh at female sports and I think that it's a big waste of time and no one should watch it. I still think that it needs a place, right? Because and the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that is because I think women need sports because it keeps them away from doing stupid things. If I do have a daughter one day, I'm going to put her in every sport and keep her preoccupied because I always say idle hands do the devil's work. And women in sports, right, like high school, etc., keeps them from doing stupid hoe shit. So not all the time, but most of the time. Until they get to college. Until they get to college. Now, it's funny. I have the opposite view, probably because I was a phys ed teacher. Like, for females to play in sports, I think that it's the best. Like, I think it's awesome. I agree. More people play in sports, the better. So should they have female or male sports? Of course they should. You know what I'm like? Of course they should. Like, that's something that we're 100% disagreement with. No, 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 no. I agree that they should be playing sports. I'm just saying I laugh at people that watch professional female sports. Well, for example, you'd rather watch male tennis than – than female tennis or female golf and like it depends like on the sport sometimes people be like well in male tennis they're so powerful on the serves it's over so quick women in sports they rally longer so some people argue it's more interesting so i don't know i think it's great to have both i'm not going to say that you should only have one on tv it's like the audience is dictates what should be shown obviously male sports overall much more popular if it wasn't then well the the NBA, the males would be paid less than the women, but it's not like that. It, the 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 money the that's being you know paid is going to reflect the eyeballs, and so if there's more advertisers on women's sports, then they're going to pay them more. Yeah, I mean there are some sports that people do prefer to watch. Uh, women like tennis is an example. Um, uh, I, I know a decent amount of guys watch female MMA. Uh, that's really yeah, I watch MMA a lot. The women's events are quite exciting. They just don't end the fights as quick, so that's the only negative. But that's for, that's for real here, though, man. We ain't watching no damn women's sports right yeah, now. Yeah, I watch <laughs> women's sports. But again, I think I think women should definitely be able to play sports, and I think it's good for them, especially when they're growing up and yeah. uh, you know, especially in those you know years where bad things can happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I laugh at female sports in general. But hey, we could agree to disagree, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I definitely think they should have the same opportunities. And I think it's ridiculous when you got basically men coming in and demolishing them. I don't think that's fair. They they need to keep the gender separate. Um, so go ahead. You have something? Oh, no, no. Oh. Uh, and then uh, okay, so powerlifting. And then what? what uh, 
are there guys competing in no, do you foresee that there's going to be guys competing in female bodybuilding in the future if they keep going with this there's trend? already been a guy competing in female bodybuilding Oh, it's shit. already happened. It was about a year or two ago. I, I forget the event or the, the contest, but I've already seen it happen. And Wait, they didn't look that good. What's her name? I mean, his name. I can't remember. I can't remember my own name half the time. But ask me a name. Oh, my God. There's no way. Yeah, it's definitely happened. Absolutely. Damn, I didn't know. Damn, it's really going into That's that. Wow. How do you even... Like, how do you even judge that? Like, shout out to Zuby. Was, was, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Holy shit. Damn. All right, we'll hit some of these chats real quick. Right, cool. Um. Uh, okay, so we got here. The X Factor says, Mad props to FNF for getting Coach Greg on the show. Coach Greg, if one wants to get into men's physique, what steps should one take? Do I need a coach or mentor, or is this something that I can figure out on my own? It's way easier with a coach because if you don't have a coach, you're not going to know how many calories to eat, how fast to diet, or how lean you need to get. You're not going to know how to pose properly. Obviously, you can do it on your own without one, but oh my goodness, it's so much better with a coach. I'd strongly recommend you get a coach who's worked with men's physique competitors before. If you can do it on your own, but I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, it's I a mean, learning curve, bro. Bro, if Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, you know what I mean, uh, and all the top Olympia winners all had coaches, what makes you think that you're not going to need one? Like, bro, having a coach is imperative if you're going to compete at a higher level. You just need it. Doing it by yourself is almost impossible, bro. Yeah, dude. And, and, and I would if, argue you need it more as a beginner when you first start. Like, people are like, oh, okay, I'll wing it as I'm a, uh, but as I'm at the Mr. Olympia, I'll need a coach. I'm like, no, you need to learn how to start. And then once you're like, really good and know stuff like i could coach myself obviously but my yeah. first show looking back i didn't know what i was doing i was eating <laughs> pasta no protein i didn't know that protein build muscle i'm a kid in high school so mm-hmm. i was eating plain pasta i'm like i'll cut out the hamburg that's more calories and i was eating muffins because i thought muffins were healthy so i was eating muffins and plain pasta and dieting and i didn't know what i was doing i was like horrible. let me ask you this greg let's say you had a show one year from now what what steps would you take right here right now to prepare for that show I would start taking steroids tonight. Okay. And then would you- 100%. That's what I would need. I would get on gear as soon as possible. And then what would you do is after that? Would you hire a coach? Would you, what, what would be the, the prep? I'm talking about me. I would just start working out. I'd start bike racing all the time because I literally, I only train three days a week. I would start training six days a week like I used to. Stop bike racing, get on gear, and put on whatever amount of muscle I can in the, in the year coming up. Would you, um, so what would your cycle be? And then what, how would you train? Would you, you said six times per week, would you be doing like one body part per day? Would you be doing push pull legs? What, what I would, would do a three, I would do a three day split for sure. Do it twice a week. I would okay. just, you know, I'd t- do 10 to 20 sets per, per muscle group per week. But in general, just I'd follow my own plan. And as far as what I would take, I would, I would basically start on the lowest dose that I could build muscle on, probably start at like 400 milligrams of tests. And then over the course of every month, I would just go higher and higher and higher all the way up to the year. But that's assuming I want to like win, like, I don't know, it's for a hundred million dollars and I need to be at my best. I wouldn't recommend somebody does a year cycle cycling up, but if I want to look my best in that much time, I'm just going to start on a low cycle and keep building up over time. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so you just do just TRT, nothing else? No trying. I'm on. Up? I'm on 140 milligrams of test a week right now. Like I do 100 milligrams a week. I just got my blood work back, and the doctor was like, "I've never seen blood work this good." Like it was so good that I was like, "Man, I should just up my dose." Like my doctor's prescription says 120 milligrams every five days, but I only do 100. And I'm like, I always preach the lowest dose that makes you happy. And so I'm like, "Well, why should I take the 
most I can if I if I don't need it. And so my yeah. test levels are only in the 700s nanograms per deciliter. So I could definitely go higher. Yeah. Uh, but I would add in tests. I would do like probably 400 milligrams. Actually, no, I'd probably do like 200 tests and 200 masterone or primo because I'd like to have that leaner, dry look, less estrogen conversion. And I would slowly go up from there. But the, mm-hmm. the one drug I miss the most is Anivar. I haven't taken Anivar for whatever years. It's an oral. Wow. It's just the pumps I used to get on it. I love that. So like the like I've done steroids for like 10 years, so I haven't done them for so long. But it's not like I don't miss it. And so although mm-hmm. I'm not doing I miss having that strength, that size, that pump. And so regardless of, you know, how old you are, I don't think you ever like lose that urge. That's why I caution people like once you start, it's hard to stop. Like I stop, but. I was able to transition into bike racing. So rather than focusing on how I look and my physique and being like a world record powerlifter, because I'm weak now. Like I go against these kids and like 25-year-olds or whatever, kid teenagers, they outlift me in the gym. And I'm like, I'm a record holder and these guys are beating me. That's hard on the head. But rather than, you know, caring about how much I lift or how I look, I'm more like, how am I doing on the bike? So that makes it a lot easier. So I can get by with just HRT. But I mean, without HRT, I'd probably be 10 pounds smaller even still. Bam. Mm. What are your stats right now? You said you're five foot six, and what are you weighing nowadays? Uh, I'm about eight and a half percent body fat. And I was one eighty eight this morning. I'm one. I actually weighed myself before this. I was one ninety two point six. So like nice. I fluctuate somewhere in the like upper one eighties, low one nineties. Okay. So you blew up with the natty or not stuff, right? Um, and you, you know, obviously from your training experience, your background, you have a very good eye for people that are not natty. Can you tell us how that series started and what got you into it? I was just like, The Rock, why do people think he's natural? And I'm like, going around, like people are like, he's natural. I remember I, was, remember I was sitting in a hot tub at a, and it was this group of teenagers and Jay Cutler was in town. I forget where. And they're like, do you think that Jay Cutler's not natural? I'm like, like, is that a joke? Like, they're like, because he was in the Mr. Olympia. I was like, I was like, no one in the Mr. Olympia is natural. So I'm like, people just don't know this. So I made a video, The Rock and Mark Wahlberg. I said, they're not natural. I showed the the guy, the, the Rock had had gyno surgery. I had gynecomastia from when his wrestling days and I, in mm-hmm. the surgery. I'm like, these guys are not natural. I just sat in the kitchen and I just ranted. That video got like, I don't know, a million, two million views or whatever. And I'm like, holy shit, everyone's watching this. And then so I said, well, I'm going to do another one on another person that's famous. So I said, doing that, I noticed every time I talk about somebody really famous and give my opinion on them, it gets a lot of views. And so I started going through the internet. Who are popular people? And I'm going to talk about them. And so that really helped blow up my channel. Aside from doing uh, videos, like educational videos, like the dangers of drugs, steroids, like the pros and cons, the Natty or Notch really took off. And it was talking about people who were like really famous that really brought the eyes to my channel. And I know the same thing for Derek as well. He started doing a lot of the same videos. Me and Derek were kind of like growing uh, together quite, quite frequently. We did very similar content. And so it really worked. Bam. Greg, I got to know, brother. This has been on my my mind for a minute, right? Is Liver King natural or not? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine thinking, I don't understand how 5% of people actually (laughs) thought he was natural. I'm like, how do you guys think this? But like, I mean, even now, I don't think the guy's natural now. He said he's on like day uh, day 50. I made a video on him. He said he was natural. He's like, I've been natural now for 50 days. And I'm like, but dude, you got leaner. And he's like, here's my all-time PR for strength. I'm like, so what you're telling me is you got off all those drugs. You're natural for 50 days and you got leaner and stronger. So what is it? The drugs yeah. didn't work. So by getting off the gear, you improve. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, imagine if I just suddenly grew bigger and I'm like, oh, yeah, the secret is I just stopped HRT. 
Like, no. Mm. But people believe it. It's just absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, Damn. clown world, man. Absolute clown world. So, um, let me. So, what are the biggest indicators that someone is enhanced? What are things that for you, like, you know, obviously you have a trained eye. If someone was brand new and doesn't know how to identify this, what things should they look for? So the problem is the biggest indicator is looking at how quickly they put on muscle. So without seeing a before and after, it's almost impossible unless they look so frigging amazing that it's obvious. Like if you just see a guy and he's just shredded and he has acne everywhere and he's puffy and he's got a swollen face and just like if the guy is huge, he's probably not natural. If the guy looks like he's not natural, he's probably not natural. In general, you're going to be right most of the time. Like if I got pocket aces, I'm going all in. Most of the time, I'm right. So if you look at someone and say, wow, that's an amazing physique, and say, I bet he's not natural, you're going to bet right most of the time. So that makes it really simple. But without seeing the before and after, very difficult because oftentimes a guy can look like shit and is not natural. But if you show yeah. me a guy and he's, say he's 120 pounds, and then three months later, he's 145 pounds. How did you put on 25 pounds in a couple months? You're not natural. Even though you're six foot and 145 and look skinny and everyone could achieve that if it looked natural, it doesn't mean that he did. Yeah. So that is the hard part. People have a hard time seeing a physique that's average and saying they're natural. Interesting. Interesting. Nice. So what I would um give us your top three fake natties. Uh oh. Of all time. We gotta yeah. go with the Rock is in there. You gotta more. go with Michael Hearn and you gotta go with the Liver King. Wait, it's sorry. You said, okay, you said Michael Hearn. Rock like, has to be in there because Rock, of the sheer yeah. numbers, like the sheer fame of it. Not that he brags about it all the time, but like the fact that he's that famous and has that much influence. Like, I feel like if the Rock came out and said, you know, you know, Black Adam, you know, I was on 400 tests, 400 trend. Like if he <laughs> just came out with that, the world would change. Like he would be that influential. So I think he would be the biggest difference maker. I think Michael Hearn, it's just a joke at this point. Oh, like, does anyone think he's natural? Like he's oh, sponsored by an HRT clinic. He's in the shape of his life. He's, he's doing a movie role. He's guest posing the best he's ever like, I'm like, come on, like baby don't hurt me. Like the memes. It's like, Mike is a meme. And the fact that he claims to be natural still, it's just shocking that people believe it. Yeah. And then, and then the liver king, the, the 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 sheer audacity to like in your face repeatedly say, I'm not natural. And then that proof that he was lying, like that's like all time stuff right there. Gotcha. And then yeah. any other honorable mentions that you want to add in? Uh, I would say mostly it would be movie stars like uh, what's this okay. guy? The guy that plays Thor. Uh I don't uh, know names. Damn it. Uh Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. That's a big like I mean this guy is not natural. Like, if you think Chris Hemsworth's natural or, like, any of the superstars, like, any yeah. of the guys with the best physiques that play all those Marvel characters, those are the ones that are really making the biggest difference. Because imagine if he came out and said, you know, I'm on 600 milligrams of trend. Like, what would that do? Like, so many, like, I would, the, uh, my videos, my channel would be out for a month. Like, it would be just like, imagine this guy actually coming clean, admitting it. Because they're so famous. Like, a guy like me, I mean... Some people hear about me, but not a lot compared to The Rock or these guys. There's a hundred times more famous. And so one of those guys could just shift the needle on people like just understanding what's going on. What about yeah. uh, Simeon Panda? He's a huge fake natty in the past, but I don't think he's as famous or as popular now. He's kind of like old school. He would probably be on my list if the list was made five years ago or more. Okay. And then last mention, uh, Michael B. Jordan. This guy, like, I, he's not natural. Like I'm saying he's not natural. I've done two videos on this guy, but it's not. Mm. The problem is a lot of people can look like that natural. Like he, it's attainable natural. 
And so people are like, yeah, but you can look like that naturally. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but he did. He said he put on 24 pounds of muscle in whatever whatever amount of time, and he trained for three hours a day, and he was boxing for three hours and training with weights mm-hmm. and doing like 80 sets. Of, I'm like, no, you can't do all that, not sleep, overtrain, and get that physique. But yeah. it's but it's like the the amount of muscle he put on in such a short period of time for the role that 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 sells it that says this is not natural, and the fact that why the hell would he be natural? Like yeah. he's like, I want to look like a movie star and make millions of dollars. And I had this avenue and I'm not saying he's using a bunch of gear, but you have an HRT clinic that can prescribe it to you and do it in a healthy fashion. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? And so when there's $10 million on the line, you're going to take something like, yeah, think about it. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's that absolutely true. Um, so I hit these chats real quick and then I got a few more questions. We'll close this thing out. Um, and guys like the video, by the way, there's two, uh, there's almost 5,000 y'all watching right now live. Uh, and we only got 2.2k likes. We need you guys to get us to 4,000 likes. Almost got 5,000 y'all in here. Damn. Okay, various layers says shout out to Fresh and Myron, CEO Network. Let's go. Also, a question for Greg: How many calories do you eat a day? How do you balance cardio with lifting? I eat at 3,500 a day on average, but some days I'll eat more. And cardio, I mean. I'm always sore, but I'm only training with weights three days a week. So what I did is I cut my training in half. I lift half as much as I used to. Remember mm. what I was saying? We don't need as much lifting to keep your muscle as to build yeah. it. So I'm like, well, I do half as much. Now, I'm losing a little bit of muscle, like maybe I lost four pounds the last like three, four years. But I'm 47, and I stopped using gear. And so I'm doing a lot to keep what I have. But I just eat more food. Like I eat more calories now because I bike and burn a lot yeah. of calories. Like today's ride in an hour, I burn a thousand and eighty calories. It's a lot, very hard race. And so I can eat like pretty much what I want. Like very easy for me to maintain my body fat in single digits now compared to, for example, when I was blasting all the gear, all of it, it was way harder for me to stay lean then than now, even though I'm not on the gear now. And the difference, the only difference is cardio. Yeah, Mike, uh, uh, Greg, if you could move your uh, mic up just a little bit, uh, just so they can hear you a little bit better. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, it says here, six, uh, 20 bucks goes, uh, dieting is key. However, to burn fat, would you recommend lifting more or cardio uh, more or equally the same? Cardio by a landslide, the biggest underrated thing for fat burning, it's cardio. Way more than weights. Like you lift weights for an hour hard, you're lucky to burn 300 calories. Cardio, easy yeah. burn double that. You burn way more calories lifting weights. And you, as you do it more, you get better, you adapt to it, you become a better butter burner, you burn more calories in less length of time. It becomes even easier. Like think of it, I burn 1,000 calories an hour. Most people burn three, 400. So if you get good at it, you can burn so many more calories and eat so much more. And it lowers my appetite. After I do a race, I can't even eat for two hours. Like I'm almost mm-hmm. sick to my stomach from pushing so hard. And so my appetite is blunted until later on. And so it, it makes it easier to stay lean. That's year-round cardio. That is the secret to keeping yourself lean all the time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, that, um, one of my buddies, Brandon Carter, he does that. He basically like is on a bike cycling while he's um you know doing work and stuff like that and that actually helps him keep lean or he walks a lot as well he was even oh my god he recommended some crazy videos he was saying you need to do forty thousand steps a day in one video i made a video on him talking about that i'm like dude forty thousand steps do you know how long that takes 23 2300 steps is a mile for me i'm like you're gonna walk like for four to six hours a day did you get those steps in 
it works for sure, but who got time to walk 40,000 steps? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's probably from the when he cycles or when he walks on the treadmill. Because he, he walks on the treadmill a lot, early too. In the morning, there's a morning walk. Yeah. So. He walks he's on also keto, hours. so he's not eating carbs, so they probably benefits from not having as much of an appetite. Like, he's mm. limiting certain food groups. People who eat less food groups, like less carbs, they're often less hungry. Problem yep. is, some people feel like, shit, like, I can't follow that diet, like a keto diet. I can't do it. Three. I get brain fog. It's just not for me. Yeah, and and also with keto, right? You you're eating meat. Meat is way more satiating than anything else, right? Yeah, eating, high meat protein meat meals much more satiating. Higher thermic effect of food, burn yep. off more calories digesting it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Coach Greg is a real one. Also, thanks for your uh, freaking cookbook. Okay, they love it. Uh, JB says, love Coach Greg. Thanks, FNF, for the dialogue. Only uh, 2K likes on this vid. Let's double it. Yeah, guys, for we real, bro. 4,000, man. We got 5,000 plus y'all watching right Ooh. now. Climbing. Uh, Danny Brook, uh, W Collab, love you both. I give Greg two years before he has enough uh, with Castro Juniors Canada and moves to the U.S. Much love. If I can get into the States, they'll start with that. Uh Eat, Clint, trend hard, and never give up. And that's from Captain Ahab. I knew that was coming. Captain Ahab. You, you got to love the misc. And then uh, uh, Ever Blazer says, what up, FNF family? Salute to the coach. For a guy that's five foot six, about 145 pounds, 16% body fat, any tips on how to, 100, how to hit 160 pounds? A, a calorie surplus, of course. Yeah. Greg, what do you suggest, suggest people hit as far as like so they don't get fat in their uh, calorie surplus per day if they're trying to build lean body mass? No more than about 5% over what you're currently eating, 10% max. So the average person, I would say it's 2,700 calories a day. Now, mind you, the average male is overweight. So most people yep. should be eating less than that. But all you need to do to gain weight at a good rate, like a lean bulk, 5%, 10% top. So if you're eating 2,000, it's only an extra 100 to 200 a day. Very small. You only need 30 calories extra a day to build four to five pounds of muscle in a year, which is the average person. So I've often said, hey, you only need 30 30 extra calories, and I know you can't track this, but I'm only just doing that because I understand math. I taught math grade 7 to 12, so I know math very well. But if you're adding in 100 extra calories a day, I mean, that's a lot of muscle a day. You're talking about 15 pounds-ish muscle in a year that can be built on that. Most people can't build that much. So if you're even adding 100 calories a day, probably someone's going to be body fat. And so very small surpluses. Bam. Charles, I got an offer to trade. Uh, got an offer to trade school for electrician. My current job is pretty easy and pays decent, but I would only make up to eighty k a year. I'm only twenty two, live with my dad with a car payment. That's about it. What's the right move, bro? Eighty k per year, make it happen, and then you can always scale up, bro, because you can become uh, you can become like a master electrician, etc. So where are these that. people living that eighty k isn't bad? I was a school teacher making like forty. Yeah, man. Not wrong with that, guys. And and you'll get a union, you'll get a, re a good retirement, a great skill to have. And you can always, if you want, you can start your own electrician business. But uh, so, Greg, real quick with that. Um, so it's Money Monday. I got to ask you this. Uh, how does someone monetize in the fitness industry and how did you do it? Well, I guess how I do it or anyone do it is you have to find something that the people want and give it to them. Like for me, it was like, Coach Greg, can you make a cookbook? Well, Sure. Like find something that you're good at and you're passionate about and then promote it to your audience and try to sell it. Like I'm not a guy that's going to like a fan of bulking. So if I came up with a book and it said, you know, all these recipes on how to gain weight, well, why would I do that? That's not about me. Like, so you have to go along with your brand and what you stand for. Like I promote cardio fitness. And so I wrote a book like, geez, the circle diet book, like it's how to lose weight, keep it off to the rest of your life. And then you see my cookbooks and training books, all this stuff. So I offer people what they want based on my expertise. So whatever that is, whatever you're doing, sell people something that you're good at, that you're an expert on and that they want. The key is they have to want it.
Bam. Well said. And what are your biggest earners? Uh, for the the cookbook has made me the most money overall, but mm-hmm. now I make more on uh, supplements like uh, Geo2 Max and all these supplements in the background than the cookbook by a fair bit. How much has the cookbook made you, if you don't mind disclosing? Uh, I sold close to 100,000 copies, and they're between Holy. like $100 and $150 each. So Sheesh. $15 million maybe, $10, 15000000 million, something like that. On, on a fucking cookbook. Shout out to that, man. That's what we're talking about, baby. Wow. Shout out to all the haters that got mad at you for selling it for 100 bucks. High ticket closer. Keep used to say all the time, no one's going to buy that. What are you going to – you would sell – you'd make so much more money if you put the price down. I'm like, really? Well, I'm not going to tell you how many I sold. Like – I mean, I didn't want everyone to copy the book because I was like, it's doing pretty good. But like, if I sold it for less, people almost buy buy less because they're like, oh, it can't be that good. Like, yeah. there's a there's a, a supply and demand curve, and it's like, you know, there's a certain price point that's the right point. I think I hit it. Like, I mean, did what I could do. Yeah, Martha Stewart probably selling her books for the similar price, so why not? Fuck that. <laughs> uh, and she's a felon. Uh, well, for lying, <laughs> you you for smuggling, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Greg, and then, um, and then you said the supplements real quick, bro, because you succeed in the supplement industry. I've seen so many people fail in the supplement industry. It's very difficult. You need a lot of money to get in. It's not expensive to produce the supplements. And then also like the margins aren't as much as people think. Can you talk about how you're able to build a successful supplement company? Well, because I did so many videos on like steroids and supplements and what I'm taking, I have an IPV pro card, I've coached people and people believe what I say. And so I have a respected opinion. And so it's not just how many followers, it's what kind of followers you have and what you're famous for. Like these TikTok girls and guys and whatever, and the dance around, like I, I've tried to sponsor them. They do nothing. They do no sales because people aren't buying something. If you have some pretty girl and says, like it's like why you have to be able to explain things so i can yep. educate and teach people so i i've been able to sell so much more than perhaps the average youtuber that has like a million followers as an example because my channel is a go-to channel for fitness advice and so if i'm explaining a supplement or a protein or whatever and this is it and and they take your word for it then that's really that's really important you know that that's just how you do it like other people they're just not good at talking about stuff or they don't know anything about it. Like, how am I going to, how are you going to sell beta alanine if you don't know why it works? If you don't know what it yeah. does whatsoever, like you just, no one's buying it. So you have to be educated on it. Yeah. And I think also like the fact that you're so honest, you're so transparent, especially in the fitness industry where a lot of people are cappers and liars and, oh, I'm natty and all this other stuff. You went against the grain. You're like, no, I'm going to tell the truth on what, what I really do. I'm going to give you guys my controversial takes on certain social situations. And, you know, when it comes to sales, people like have to like, know, and trust you. And I think that's another big thing as well. You have a good yeah, amount of like, people think like, of yeah. what I'm talking about, like my past, like selling, stare, like all the shit I've done in the past and I've been open book. I'm like, yeah, that's true. This is true. And so, like, why would I start lying about something when I've always just told the truth? Like, when I say I'm on 140 milligrams of test, that's what I'm on. It's like, these are the supplements I'm taking. This is what I'm taking. If I took GH, I'd say, hey, I took GH. This is what it's doing. Like, there's no reason to lie. It's like, it's so easy to not lie. You just tell the truth all the time. You just don't have to pretend. So, I think people believe that. It makes it a lot more uh, trustworthy source of information. So that's why they're going to buy supplements from me. Right. Hey, man. Uh, Greg, I really enjoyed this interview, man. Um, I know you got probably some more bike riding to do or some food to eat. Um, I raced for an hour earlier. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Where can the people find you, man? 
uh, on my Instagram, Greg Doucette, IBB Pro. Also, uh, obviously on YouTube, that's 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 where people got. They, I can't do it on TikTok. I've been canceled too many times there. Although there's an impersonator. I think he has like 160,000 followers. He just reposts all my videos. Free advertising some team. kind of groceries, chart or something. But I'm not making money, but at least, like, I walk around. And I'd say one in four people that walk up to me now are like, oh, I've seen you on TikTok. I'm like, yeah. I don't even have a TikTok account. <laughs> same, same, dude. Same. It's free it's advertising. Crazy, it's free mad. advertising, so it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, man, it was great having you on, Greg. I, I, I hope that you, you know, get this thing sorted out with uh, with custom so that you can come over stateside and we can do a show in yes. studio and have you with some girls. That'd be dope. That'd be great. So, um, guys, he is Greg Doucette. His links are below. I put his Instagram, his YouTube. Go check him out. Follow him on – subscribe to his YouTube channel. Follow him on Instagram. And check out his subs, man. Great interview. I'm really happy about this, man. Uh, I'll give you the last word, Greg. Follow me. This was great. I had a great time. I was like talking about everything. I don't like to hold back. And so I was, appreciate the questions. It was a great time. I got to do it again. Absolutely, Thanks man. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, man. Guys, we'll be back here with some lovely ladies in a little bit, man. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.